What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance has changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. We're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about conflict resolution. And I don't know, that may change by the time I get this to Podbean or Apple Podcast. But I've got a video. I was was looking for videos for the Christianity Now podcast that Aaron Dotson and I do on Tuesdays. And I come across this, and I wanted to cover it on, on my show here, Cogitations, because it's Jordan B. Peterson, and he's talking about something, applying it to marriage that I have talked about in the church. So stay tuned. Before we get into the meat of our podcast, consider supporting me at www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. And that's a way that you can support this podcast and make sure that we still bring you good content. Uh, our content should get better. Um, hopefully we'll have, uh, we'll, we'll expand and do some more stuff in the future. I'm still working very closely with digitalbiblestudy.org. And so I would suggest that you go check digitalbiblestudy.org out. Um, now, without further ado, let me, how do I do this? Yeah, there we go. I want to diminish me and I want to open this video. All right. When is it good to fight in marriage? Now, this is wonderful. Uh, it's a good question. I heard Jordan B. Peterson on a, on a long form lecture talk about um, his 12 rules for life. He, he goes around on this book tour, 12 rules for life. And at the end, he would do question and answers. And the, the question and answers was the reason to watch the lectures. They were amazing. And somebody asked him about fighting. Is it good to fight with your spouse? And his reply was, well, yes, it's good. In fact, you better fight with your spouse because it shows that you have something worth fighting over and fighting for. And that was, it was weird to me at first. Then the more I got to thinking about it, the more I'm like, oh, yeah. Because, look, if you can, quote, unquote, fight with your spouse, in other words, if you have conflict, then you, you, you show that you have something real. You show that you are, 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 have enough faith in your relationship that it can survive turmoil. Little children do this. That's why little children are, are relentless and, and, and pick on one another and stuff like that. They're not just creating a pecking order. They're feeling out their reality around them. And if somebody um, can't take a little bit of conflict, th- this, this, this doesn't, men, by the way, don't grow out of this. Um, that's why women wanting to be treated like men is very funny. Women don't want to be treated like men in the workplace. Men treat each other terribly. Women want to be treated like women and also enjoy some of the same perks of being men as well. That's a podcast for a different time. But a woman doesn't really want to be treated like a man in the workplace because, like I said, men are ruthless. They are relentless to one another. Um, this 
this is this is how they figure out who's with them. That's how they figure out the the boundaries of the reality. That's how they figure out who they have a relationship and who they can call on. You better believe if you've got a if you've got a group of friends in the workplace and y'all hack on one another all the time, and and you walk into this, and, or excuse me, and you're a third party walking into this, you don't mess with the dichotomy of that relationship. You you embrace it, you enjoy it, and you see if you can be integrated into it, and you take your lumps. But you will have a group of people that you can depend on, that you can call on. Anyway, that's I'm I'm, I'm going off the rails here. Get back to when is it good to fight in a marriage? Um, if you fight in a marriage, if you have conflict in a marriage, and you can resolve that conflict, then you have a better bond going forward. And you've also established healthy boundaries and the person's identity, your identity is solidified in your, sp- in your spouse's mind and, and her identity, I'm speaking from a male because I'm a male, her identity is solidified in your mind and you have something more real. It's, it's really an amazing thing. Now, why is this found its way on the Cogitations podcast? Because we have made it so verboten to argue, to quote-unquote fight in the Lord's church, that now we don't have a tolerance for conflict. That's another thing that, that fighting in a marriage does. If you, if you can resolve your conflict, you have a higher tolerance for conflict and the more conflict it takes to actually break you or even make you break stride for that for that matter so let me let me give you an example actually let's not let's do the example let let's make the application to the lord's church after we watch the video let's listen to the video and i don't think i'm going to pause it i think i'm just going to let it play straight out i don't know we'll see are you all ready let's go because maybe the conflict will shatter the marriage. All right, hold on just a second. The question, the question on the board is, when is it good to marriage? Let me turn the volume up just a little bit because the thing is kind of quiet. Incidentally, good morning, good morning, Brandon Dreschner. Um, good to see everybody here. We don't have a very large crowd, but that's okay. Um, I did this with no preamble, no, no uh, promotion, but that's cool. Most of my listeners are after the fact anyway. All right, let's listen to this video from Jordan Peterson. When is it good to fight in a marriage? You might be afraid of a conflict because maybe the conflict will shatter the marriage. And then you think, well, how much conflict can we engage in? And the answer is, depends on how you committed you are to reconciliation. Because it isn't how much you fight, it's how well you reconcile. And you might say, well, we don't want to fight in front of the children. It's like, well, no, you don't want to fight counter productively in front of the children. But one of the best things the children can see, in my estimation, is a pretty heated discussion, followed by a positive resolution, followed by the establishment of peace. Even if it's a consequence of unreasonable behavior on one of the part, part of one or both partners, the child needs to see that difficult problems can be mutually broached and a solution thereby engendered, even when it's accompanied by heat. All right. So that's it. Um, I, I thought that was a, a very good. Um, I, thought, I thought it was a very good video by Dr. Peterson. So let, let me kind of break this down. 
when is it good to fight in a marriage? Well, it's it's not that you should be afraid of conflict or fighting. It's you you need to be committed and you do, you need to be good resolvers. And Dr. Peterson's like, well, you may be think may think, well, I don't want to fight in front of the children. He's like, no, it's good. The best thing for a child to witness is to see his parents fight, a, a rather heated discussion, as he calls it, and then a very good resolution, even if the conflict is is because of unreasonable or foolish behavior on one or both parts of of the uh, of the parties. Now, how does this apply to the Lord's church? Well, what happens if your children never see their parents, quote-unquote, fight and, and resolve in a healthy way? They never learn that skill. They think that any conflict is grounds for a termination of relationship. That's what you're teaching. If you, if you never show that you are uh, in any kind of conflict with your partner, with your spouse, in front of your children, your children will never understand that you can be in conflict with somebody whom you love greatly and who loves you and, and, and still have a relationship with them. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go out and pick a fight with your spouse because that, that's, that's neurotic. That's, that's its own particular set of psychosis or its own particular level of, of psycho of, of psychopathy. But you shouldn't you shouldn't go to great stakes to hide these things from your children uh now you don't need to go into a rage you don't need to to throw stuff and bust walls and you know the 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 mother that's typically a male thing from a women's from a woman's perspective you don't need to uh hit below the belt you don't need to uh uh emasculate the the man because remember you got to learn how to have a conflict and how to be healthy with it. And, um, you, you have to remain married to this person. So you don't need to, uh, you need to be careful in, 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 about the links to which you go to win the conflict, to win the argument, to win the fight, uh, because you have to remain married to this person. That's the whole idea. And what you're teaching your children is you, you can, a relationship can survive uh, a relatively large amount of conflict, a, a, a relationship can survive a pretty big fight. Now, let's go to the church here. And I'm open. I, I want to know Bible verses that y'all would go to that would maybe, I mean, because this is what I'm saying is the truth. And all truth is God's truth. I'm just not sure what scripture I would go to to teach this or to show this as an example. Uh, now, let's let's talk about how this would apply to the church. I think what we have done and we have not, we don't realize we've done it is we have created Diotrephes type characters. Uh, Diotrephes is a character in, in third John who loves the preeminence. He did, in fact, let's just go read it. Third John, uh, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in truth, or in the truth. 
I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We, therefore, ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Meaning John was going to be traveling. He wrote to the church, and Diotrephes was like, no, we don't want them here. We don't want to help them on their journey. Why? Because we can infer from the implication here that Diotrephes loved to have the preeminence, and when John got there, he wouldn't be preeminent. Everyone would defer to John, which they should have. John's an apostle. Now, I think we have created characters like this in the Lord's church, more so than there's probably ever been in the history of the church. Why? because we have made one of the most egregious sins that you can commit against the church, against God, against your brethren, is arguing. Why are we not allowed to argue anymore? Let me give you an example. You have different academic pursuits. Think about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What is the gift of the Holy Ghost? There are three interpretations that do not damage the text that will not cause you to be a heretic to the point where you're denying uh, the, the gospel. Um, one is the gift of the Holy Spirit is salvation and all its attending or tentative, attending blessings. Uh, One is the gift of the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost himself, and this is the non-miraculous indwelling. And the third is the, the gift of the Holy Ghost is the miraculous outpouring of power that was prophesied by Joel. All right. You can believe all three. Well, you can't believe all three of them, but you can believe any one of those three and be in fellowship with your brethren and go to heaven. The problem is I have seen arguments where folks have made such a stand that they have, in in effect, not, not formally, but in effect, withdraw fellowship from their brethren for believing something different than they believe. Well, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. Why is it that in times past, you had these great giants of the faith that believed differently on all these issues, and they could get along, that brethren, uh, different members of the same congregation would believe differently on these things, and they could get along. How is it that you knew what Franklin Camp or Foy Wallace uh, or Guy N. Woods believed about the gift of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Well, let me tell you how you knew what they believed. It's because they were vocal about it and they argued about it publicly. And they did it and still remained brethren. 
they had conflict in a relationship and they and they also resolved the conflict well they parted as brethren maybe we go all the way back to genesis whenever um abraham and lot was having strife hey we 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 be brethren you go over there and you you feed your flock wherever you want to feed them and i'll stay out of your hair we're still friend we're still we're still family rather you're still my nephew in fact, if you get in a pinch, I'm going to come help you out. I think what has happened is no longer have we allowed our brethren in leadership positions to argue or debate publicly. And when I say debate, I'm not talking about meeting together on the polemic platform formally and having a debate where the loser of the debate has to go off and lick his wounds and he's no longer accepted in, in the public domain, I'm talking about having a friendly debate to scrutinize these things about which brethren disagree. We need to be leaders in that field. We need to be able to show people, hey, we can still disagree and be brethren. And it goes back to this video from Dr. Peterson. Hey, when is it appropriate to fight in a marriage? Well, it's always appropriate to fight in a marriage if you're, you're good at reconciliation. Stand up for what you believe. Stand up for what you want. Stand up for your, for, 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 for your boundaries. But be good at reconciliation proverbs 25 2 let me go let me go read that in the beginning of this i asked for uh for for scripture that might help us because i didn't know exactly where to go proverbs 25 2 bear with me it is the glory of god to conceal a matter but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could go there. Um, yeah, we're supposed to dig and find the truth. That's it. Yeah, I think I could go with that proverb. Thank you, Deborah O'Neill. Anyway, so I guess it's... Not not really a lot of profound thoughts in the podcast today. I just thought that video was interesting. And um, how, how, do, how do you think we fix this? Like, seriously. Um, I, know that I, I know that just for me and mine, the only thing that I can do is affect my sphere of influence. And I will tell you this, up here in the Riverview Church of Christ, we got about a congregation of about 30 people. And we don't all agree on every little matter of academic pursuit. In fact, we have people from Nigeria, people from Cameroon, uh, people from Haiti, or the Dominican Republic, rather, and um, people from Canada and people from the United States. All these cultures come, come with their different baggage, and uh, we all discuss things, and we're all open. And um, I remember we were talking about an issue the other day, and I brought this up on the podcast where one of the members of the congregation said, you know, I'm 
I disagree with your position. I've heard it and you made it make a lot of sense. I just don't know if I agree with it. And I'm like, well, you don't have to. And he said, I know. He said, but I'm just, I'm th- I said, you're chewing on it. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm chewing on it. I'm like, yeah, we'll just keep chewing. We ain't got to agree, you know? And, it's, and the guy wasn't being antagonistic. I'm just using this as an example of, of, of a healthy interaction. So anyway, that's, uh, that's all I've got. Just in your sphere of influence, don't make any conflict a test of fellowship. Whenever two people come together in a conflict, it's kind of like playing tug of war. Well, you know, it takes two teams opposite one another to play tug of war. Somebody's got to drop the rope eventually. Maybe you just endeavor in your life to be that one that drops the rope. Like, hey, it doesn't matter. We, we be brethren. You believe that the Holy Spirit, that the gift of the Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit himself? Man, good for you. To God be the glory. I don't believe that. I believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit's salvation. Oh, you believe the gift of the Holy Spirit is the prophetic outpouring of power. Hey, all three of us are brethren. Let's go out and turn the world upside down for Jesus. You don't, you don't have to believe what I believe. So anyway, that's right. We don't have to have a hive mind. Anyway, folks, that's all I've got here. I don't know how, I don't, honestly, I don't know how helpful this has been to you. I hope you've enjoyed the video that I found from Dr. Peterson. I hope you think about some of the things that I've said. And I hope you adopt the attitude of, oh, is that what you believe? Good. I don't, but that's okay. Th- th- that ought to be the attitude we have. And we ought to model that behavior for our brethren. And just, and, and remember, just because you see somebody having an argument, that doesn't mean that they're falling out with one another. That doesn't mean that they're, it, it, just, just because you have a disagreement, doesn't mean that you have to be out of fellowship with them. Just like in a marriage, just because you have a fight doesn't mean you have to get a divorce. And if we have that healthy confrontation in public and we still remain brethren, it's the same thing as having a healthy confrontation in our marriage in front of our children. It teaches the people who are witnessing that you can have healthy confrontation and you can stand up for your beliefs and you can still be brethren. You don't have to be exiled from the group. You don't have to divorce your spouse. You don't have to withdraw fellowship from everybody that disagrees with you. You don't have to be a diatrophies. And I think that's what we've done. All right. That's it. You never know. You might change your mind about a subject. There's nothing wrong with that either. That's another thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost to the point where we can't have conflict because I'm so invested in what I believe that I can't change my mind about it. And if you ask me to change your mind, you're attacking my, the core of my being. You're actually trying to change who I am. That's wrong. We don't need to be ideologues either. Anyway, that's all I've got. Uh, let me know in the comment section. Some, uh, some, uh, Deborah's already put some verses down. Um, if you like this podcast, be sure and subscribe, uh, be sure and consider supporting me and the show notes. You can go to the show notes and find ways to do that. Be sure and share this podcast, share this, uh, live stream. And, uh, that's all I've got here. This has been Tony Berth Cogitations and we'll catch you on the flip side.